Welcome to the Unpacked Project. We're your hosts. I'm Noelle. And I'm Miranda. We're here to explore all things social justice. It's through casual conversations, interviews, and storytelling that we hope to inspire others to take action towards a more compassionate and equitable world. Because honestly, it kind of sucks here sometimes. (laughs) For real. We can do better, people. All right. Let's start unpacking. Hello. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Miranda. Hi, welcome back. I just saw you yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been um, back to work and we had Christmas. We've been off for a few weeks now um, where we have had like a break in episodes. Yeah. However, we've still been behind the scenes recording new episodes. Content, and- <laughs> TikToks, <laughs> TikToks. Oh, God. I hate TikTok. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, we've been back at it. And this episode that's airing today will be the um, first of a few that we're going to have coming mm-hmm. up. I know that um, last season, a lot, or season, non-season. Yeah. What I'll our last series. Oh, series. Okay. series. Yeah, their series. <laughs> um, our last series, we talked a lot about narratives mm-hmm. and messaging. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what came through in those conversations was just like talking about biases, right? Like it's something that kind of always comes into our conversations, Mm -hmm. but then also a lot of like negative, harmful Mm -hmm. messages that exist out there, um, especially for like marginalized communities. And so what we really wanted to do this season series is come together and just talk about empowerment, right? Yeah. Like shift some of these messages and expose positive narratives mm-hmm. that exist out there, um, especially for communities that have been oppressed mm-hmm. and um, the exposure is typically like, like yeah. I said, like harmful for mm-hmm. them, right? Um, and so we'll have people that are coming on to speak about um, different programming mm-hmm. that exists. And I'm really excited for that. Um, but as always, we're going to just kick it off with the two of us. We actually have a, a few episodes where it's just going to be mm-hmm. the two of us kind of talking about um, our own experiences, yeah. uh, me as a white woman, you as you identify, you say multiracial, yeah, multiracial. right? Mm-hmm. Um, experiences in the world and just how we interact with each other, but then how it also impacts the work of doing like social justice yeah. and, and anti-racism work. Yeah. So here we are. Yay. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think the thing that I love the most about our series really since we started is that we've really been laying foundational information down Mm -hmm. and then scaffolding on top of that and giving folks information. And there's been such a roadmap Mm -hmm. um, through kind of this journey of anti-racism and social justice work Mm -hmm. where you, you got information, foundational information to kind of build your knowledge. Then we really showed folks where it exists out in the world Mm -hmm. and in which ways we see it, we see it, we hear it, and here are tools and programs and actionable steps Mm -hmm. that you can do to continue your journey in this work, right? Because it's never ending. And so I feel like all of our information is cyclical. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like this whole, you know, circle of information. So I'm really excited to get into this stuff. Um, Also just for a little bit more self-exploration as we go into identity as well, so. Yeah, I mean, I know like we... um started posting online, mm-hmm. you know, more about like for the allyship, yeah. um, I you know, was kind of speaking more to white women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to, like you said, just understanding these mm-hmm. systems that we all play a part in, mm-hmm. you know, for, for all of our listeners, like we're hoping that you start finding connections to the work. Like we sit here and we talk about it and we're like, oh, this happened to me and this mm-hmm. was my experience. And oh my God, this is what this meant. Um, and we see it play out in real life, right? 
or we talk about so many things we're like, wow, we talked about that in like season one and here it still is again. Things like intersectionality, Mm -hmm. implicit and explicit bias, systemic racism, Mm -hmm. like all these things come into nearly nearly every episode in some like form or fashion, right? It's all interconnected. Right. (laughs) You know, so hopefully people are out there making those connections, but we're hoping that these next um, few episodes in particular that we're going to get into um, like you said, encourage mm-hmm. self-exploration because yeah. I think a big part of this work is like what people are willing to do themselves mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. Um, we can't be expected to go out and make an impact in other communities and other people's lives if we're not doing the work ourselves, yeah. um, which might be scary mm-hmm. and takes courage, but that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Like with this podcast, right? Where that's what we're hoping we can accomplish. So you want to take it away with a quote or a question? What are we I starting with? I think we should do a question. Mm-hmm. Let's do a question. Okay. Um, do you want to pick a question? All right. Yeah. So where do these questions, these questions come from, um, I forget the website. Action actually look right now because I sent it to you. Um, and really, these questions come from doing caucus work. And is this specifically a white caucus group? Or um, I don't remember. It, it for- said it on there. And we're going to talk more about what caucus groups are. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was something that was new to us um, when we were mm-hmm. kind of researching yeah. for this season. Mm-hmm. We've talked and there's, I think, been such an emphasis on like cross-racial dialogue. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about at a social media level, diversifying your feed, and then in mm-hmm. your personal, um, occupational, intimate lives, right? Trying to also diversify your groups and your environments. Mm-hmm. So there's been such an emphasis on that. However, there is also um, a lot of research and like information out there about race-based caucusing, which yeah. we're going to talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, yes, there were yeah. some questions that were kind of like reflection mm-hmm. questions. Does it say with... So it comes from Everyday Democracy, and they're specifically, it's dialogue for affinity groups. Okay, so um, just in yeah, general. So we just pulled, yeah, so we just okay. pulled these questions. We thought that they were pretty great um, questions that can start, start conversation, but also just for us, they tie into mm-hmm. really what we're about to be talking about these next couple mm-hmm. episodes. Right. So do you want to pick one? Yeah. All right. Are you asking it? Do I ask it? I'll I agree ask it you too. ask it because if I have to answer it, are okay. we both answering? Um, yeah, we'll, okay. we, yeah, yeah. we'll see how it goes. All right. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Um, what has been your experience when you talk about racism with people from your same background? Um, a sense of understanding. Okay. It's like, um, have you ever just spoken to someone, you know, you said something and they just like get it. Mm-hmm. They just, they get it. You don't even have to, like even in our friendship, right? Yeah. Like there's been moments where like something's happening and I turn to you and we make eye contact and we just know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That is the feeling that I have when I talk to people about race. Like they just get it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's a, a shared experience. It doesn't matter necessarily what your um your tie to blackness is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of your your specific race, I think, you know, brown skin identifying black people mm-hmm. all have this shared experience. And so it's just people just get it. And some and a lot of people don't, right? A lot of the spaces that I'm often in, people don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um so if like people nice, that are a different race than yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, different race. So it feels nice to be to be heard, to be understood, mm-hmm. for somebody to just know, to be able to relate, open up, talk mm-hmm. authentically, share frustrations, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember when we it was like our first episode, 
I think first or second. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We were talking about the George Floyd mm-hmm. um, situation of how, when we went yeah. like to the protests and stuff. And you had said during one of the episodes, like, I know you as like my best friend, like you're here, you're here to support me, but you don't like get it. Did like, I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that um, makes sense. And it does make sense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also not offended. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like as a white person, I'm not like, Oh my God, how yeah, dare you say I yeah, don't understand yeah. what it's like to be black. You yeah. know, like, well, like I'm not black. I know. Yeah, but exactly. there, there are people there are that would be yeah. like, you know, I get it. I know. I totally understand. Yeah. And it's like, I can't. <laughs> it's like that one time when I'm like, Oh no, no, completely different. <laughs> right. <But> okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like that that's an understanding you have to have in a relationship where you're not the same race, uh-huh. right? Like you're going to have experiences, even when you talk about like when you go home and you're around your friends that are all yeah. not necessarily the same race as you, but yeah. they're not white, right? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. um, brown women, brain, they're, yeah, yeah. brown black women, yeah. a range of different mm-hmm. ethnicities um, and like how that feels, yeah. you know, different for you. Mm-hmm. I know you've spoken about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would say like, for me, when I talk to people of <laughs> the question is that we're talking about racism, right? Yeah. yeah. When you talk about racism with people from your same background, I mean, I get a range of <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get things. a lot of people that also don't get it. Well, what's always interesting to me is when I'm surprised. Like when mm. I have someone that I'm close to, like, okay, growing up, I know like we've had the uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinner table. Yeah. I know who in my family, we're just going to at this point avoid the conversation because there's, we're not getting anywhere with this. I'm old enough now to know you're not the family member we're going to talk about this with yeah. anymore. We've had enough fights over, you know, holiday yeah. dinners or you've made enough comments where I'm like, okay, you know? Um, and then there's some people where you're like, you know, you can st- kind of open up the conversation and it will be respectful and we might not always agree, but there's going to be different experiences and opinions. Um, and I think when it's expected, it's like easier to deal with because you can kind of like anticipate what's going to yeah. happen and plan your responses. But when you have like a friend or someone you're close with um, where I can say, especially for white people, probably like I'm not thinking in racial terms in my relationships, right. Especially mm-hmm. with my white friends. Yeah. Like we're not, I'm not thinking racially. Um, But then Mm. when something comes up Mm. where I say something or I bring something up and they have a response that's like alarming or racist or that you can just very clearly see they don't understand from like a, just like a social dynamic perspective. You know what I mean? It's like such a turnoff. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think that's always when it's the hardest for me because you want people want to be like, oh, well, it's like when it comes to politics, right? Like, oh, I don't let politics impact my friendships. And it's like, and we've talked about this before, like at some point you have to draw a line. Like, no, like you're saying something either, then I'm going to call you out on it. And are we going to be able to like grow through this and have this conversation? There are some friends I cut off and I don't talk to anymore because like- Cancel culture. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and because we've tried and it hasn't worked. You don't, you don't show like any remorse for things Mm -hmm. you've said or done. In fact, you double down and make it worse. Um, And so I just, yeah, I think those were the hardest for me. Like when you, when someone just surprises you in a bad way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny because when you said surprises me, I immediately was like, oh, when you're surprised by your white friends and they're like, oh, I care about social justice just as much as you. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's not what she meant. Right. Oh, here I am. (laughs) So naive. (laughs) Oh, what a beautiful world. No. Yeah. So um, when it's interesting, you know, because you said you're not consistent consistently thinking racially with your friends right and I'm like I always am yeah no it's always the only when I'm thinking racially is when 
I'm in a situation where I'm the, maybe the only white person, yeah. right? Um, oh, yeah. And then, so like, if I was to think of experiences in my life when I have, it's been like in interracial relationships or something mm-hmm. where it's been brought to the attention yeah. that I'm a white person in this experience, mm-hmm. right? And having to deal with those things that come up mm-hmm. from that, either, you know, families having a hard time accepting whether it's my family or the other person's family, um, or if I'm in a situation where I have to like stand up for something, that's another, that Mm -hmm. happens at work a lot. So like people make comments all the time at work about students, often students' hair or students' dress or the way people say things. Mm -hmm. Um, And being the white person that has to like stand up to the other white person Mm -hmm. or white people, I should say, in the room for racist like comments yeah then I'm aware of it yeah but like in my everyday life I don't think of my race well and I think that really lends itself to you know the idea of decentering whiteness right right? which is really what we're here to talk about today Mm -hmm. you know and it's like I get you get to move through the world and not that you're trying to center whiteness but Mm -hmm. as a white person it's a privilege that you experience that you get to move through the world Mm -hmm. with a centralized vision and experience and I do not Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, so caucus work, mm-hmm. that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. Well, and it was one of the, the interesting things that came up, like when we Google like anti-racism mm-hmm. tools and yeah. like, we're always looking at stuff like that. Um, and like when caucuses first started coming up, I'm like, what is this? Like, it's something yeah. I had never even like, I know you sent me everything and I'm like, I, we refer to the Black Caucus, but right, other like, than that, I have no understanding right. of what this is. And I, I had never really heard of it or experienced it in anti-racism work because we're used to so much like cross-racial emphasis. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have cross-racial dialogue. Let's have, and so I think the question really kind of comes down to like, what is inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're talking about it, what yeah. is actually an inclusive space and inclusive for who, like, Who's feeling comfortable? Is this supportive? Is this more of a barrier, mm-hmm. right? So like when we think about the need for people to feel safe and supported, mm-hmm. right? That's not something I often have to think about as mm-hmm. a white person. I'm not going into work not feeling like I'm going to see people that look like me or interact with people that look like me or that I'm not going to feel safe where I am. Um, or that people aren't going to understand me. Like I've said this before in other episodes, I think when we did like identity episodes, the only time that really happens to me is when it's like a gender situation. I have to deal with men, but from a racial perspective, it's not. So I think the concept of, and this isn't necessarily like caucus work yet, but just the general concept of a safe space. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, you know, it's Kwanzaa right now, right? Mm -hmm. So our episodes air later. So you're going to get this in, I don't know, February, March, but um, it's Kwanzaa. And, you know, last night we were having a discussion around community responsibility, you mm. know, and this conversation came up, the need for safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the women in the group, she was talking about how she had just moved to Chicago mm-hmm. and she doesn't know anybody mm-hmm. and she's searching for her sense of community. And my two other friends that are living, they moved from Oakland to San Mateo and it's a culture adjustment, right. you know, like they don't see people that look like them. I mean, they're out at the stores. Like if they see a black person, they're like, Hey, right. where are the black people at? Like, Tell me. Yeah. yeah. You know, but honestly, yeah. right. Yeah. Like there's this need for a sense of community. And I've spoken to you about this. I'm like, I need black friends yeah. in, in St. Pete and in Tampa. Like I need to walk into a space where mm-hmm. I feel like I belong and I know mm-hmm. that people just get it. Right. You know? 
and that's to say, you know, there's a whole other layer that we can get into at another point in time, but also being mixed race or, you know, like multiracial is a whole other experience because mm-hmm. yes, I feel like I belong and mm-hmm. people get it, but I also don't feel like it because there are these levels of intersectionality mm-hmm. within my own race, you right. know, my experience of race, um, where that's still a challenge as well, you mm-hmm. know? So I know, and we'll get into this as well, but like caucus work can also look different. Um, you can break it down into different groups or affinity groups at work where mm-hmm. it's race-based, it's gender-based, it's experience-based. Right. Um, you know, they talked about like, you know, immigrants meeting and talking about their experience, different things like that. So right. they can group caucus work um, based off of different identities or experiences as well, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, and so for our listeners, I guess, because we've thrown the word out. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, let me look up the definition. We, yeah, we've thrown the caucus word out, um, you know, a few times. So basically, really, all it is is that we're doing anti-racism work separately. We're doing mm-hmm. it um, having like a black caucus mm-hmm. or person of color, like, yeah. you know, whatever ethnicity mm-hmm. or race, there's a, a caucus for it, a group of people that have those similar experiences, identify in that way, and they're doing processing work mm-hmm. together. And then there's white caucuses where mm-hmm. they're doing, they're, it's all white people together in a group doing anti-racism work, but the way they're doing that work is very different, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then at some point they can come together. Um, there should be accountability really to the black caucus mm-hmm. um, from the white caucus, because we're doing this work for anti-racism, mm-hmm. right? We're doing this work to solve social mm-hmm. justice issues. So BIPOC people should be leading that conversation mm-hmm. and the white caucus should be doing the work to figure out how we can, yeah. as white people, contribute to solving yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. To kind of get up to speed. It's yeah, almost like exactly. how you could think of it. Like we have this experience and this knowledge and because of our lived experience, we just know more. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. We just do, you right. know? Um, it's been ingrained in us. We've known about it since day one. It's been passed down from generations, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and white folks just don't understand that. So you do the work, you catch up, and then we meet here mm-hmm. and we're ready, right. you know? And also, you know, I think, you know, lending its hand to what I just shared about, you know, Kwanzaa and needing a safe space and mm-hmm. community. Um, you had pulled this quote mm-hmm. on really the need for um, race-based caucus work is to have a safe space, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's derived from the idea of, Black folks experiencing trauma, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to go ahead and just read this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So as Lillian Comas Diaz highlighted during the conferences, Janet E. Helms mentoring award lecture, an integral component of processing a traumatic event such as race-based hate is to identify, reframe, and reclaim the part of one's identity that feels impacted by the trauma. If you extend this notion to the community level, the implication is that communities facing violence against integral parts of their identity need a space to connect with and redefine that identity in a way that does not allow the trauma to remain paramount or overshadow the positive associations that the community attaches to that identity. And so I think there really is such a need mm-hmm. for that um, for Black folks. Yeah. You know, if we're going to move forward in this work. Well, it was interesting because you texted me asking me if I wanted to participate in Kwanzaa the other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't that day. Yeah. But then, and we never talked about this. I went through this whole thought. Yeah, okay. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> I was like, I, we, have, we never talked about it, but we might as well now because, yeah. you know, that's yeah. what we do. Um, but after you texted me, I was like, would I, even though, okay, so then these are my thoughts. Am I being disrespectful to not because I've been invited to? But then, like, am I going to pop in here? I'm going to be the only white girl. Are there other white people there? Am I like infiltrating a situation I don't have a right to be in? Mm. Like this isn't a space that's meant for me, yeah. right? I mean, I don't celebrate Kwanzaa. I'm the type that always be like, yeah, I'm down to learn about like yeah. whatever. I'll come listen to all you talk. But 
like afterwards I thought like, should I do this? You know, like, would that be the right thing for me to be like, yeah, I'll participate. I mean, you had been, you asked me. Mm -hmm. So I would think if you're asking, you're open to it. You wouldn't ask me to do something that like you weren't open to. Like, you're not going to just do something to do it. You're not that person. Like, oh, I better invite her. Like, you're not like that person. So I don't have to worry about that. But from a white person perspective, I was like, do I belong here? You know? Um, And so I think as much as we talk about cross-racial relationships and those experiences and dynamics, I think there is a safe space in our relationship Mm -hmm. where like, I don't feel like I have to be a part of these things, but I would be if it was okay to be Mm -hmm. like, um, if you thought it was okay to be like for me to be there, you know? Um, but then I also think like, what would the other people think of me? Like maybe you'd be okay with me Mm -hmm. being there, but what's the input? Do I make the other people not feel safe? Mm -hmm in this space where you're celebrating Kwanzaa. So it was just a, it was a, that was a whole mental conversation I had with myself Mm -hmm. that you and I had never Mm -hmm. talked about. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like if I, if I could have that day, we would have had to talk about it. Yeah. Fair. You know, cause I wouldn't have felt comfortable just popping in there. Like, yay. I mean, you know, well, it was Um, an invite really from just a, would you like to learn? I mean, I'm learning. It's only my second year. Right. But I get that. And I'm also appreciate that you asked yourself all those questions. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that is something that oftentimes people don't necessarily do. You know, another story that was brought up the other day was how someone had gone to a, um, a Kwanzaa celebration. It mm-hmm. was at um, a black museum. Mm-hmm. I think the African diaspora, I forget the exact name, but she walked in and the majority of the folks there were white mm-hmm. and there was like a drum circle and maybe some food and like that was kind of it okay. you know and it's like is this really so we had talked to the other day when we were doing our our work our mm-hmm. branding work and you're like oh people hop on a trend yeah you know and i feel like sometimes that can be the experience um that folks who are not black yeah go through it's well, a trend i'm gonna hop on it i want to you know do this work yeah. do these things especially so, for black lives matter i mean there's mm-hmm. data on that now mm-hmm. right like we know after george floyd our numbers were higher than they've ever been before i think it was like almost yeah. 75 or 80 percent like agreement from white people mm-hmm. about black lives matter and we've seen that drastically i think mm-hmm. it's back down in like the 40 yeah. percent or something i don't have the exact numbers but it drastically dropped about a year later mm-hmm. and it's like okay because we're not on trend anymore yeah. like who's yeah. really sticking around and and doing the work now that it's not cool to post the black square anymore or you know we haven't mm-hmm. had anything you know major well there's always something happening but yeah. it has been on trend the way that it was right Um, so yeah, I mean, I think what, as again, as a white person coming into the conversation of decentering whiteness, Mm -hmm. I always think about the people that, um, (laughs) I always think about the people, the white people that have a problem with it. So, you know, the, the white people that are somehow like offended Mm -hmm. that black people and brown people want their own spaces, need need their their own own spaces, spaces. need, right. Um, and it's like they try to bring up, oh, well, I thought we were past segregation. Like that's always what white people do, right? They try to take something that was um, like a historical problem yeah. and they try to use it in a way that like defeats something that's not harmful, yeah. right? They try to use it as like an argument against something that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is it in white people that is like challenges them so much? about 
letting people have their spaces. Every space is for us. Everywhere we go is basically for us, right? Like you don't ever have to think about it. You You don't ever have to people look like you. So I'm just like, what's the issue? You I know? mean, it's all, it's, I've, it's always all rooted in power. I mean, I know that's not an actual question, but it's always yeah, all rooted no. in power. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you live a life of privilege and you don't want to give that up. And these spaces make you feel uncomfortable because you've never been exposed to spaces that make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And therefore you react. And right. it's like, it's not about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. about you. Decenter yourself. Right. Well, so. and that's like, you know, that's a lot of the thing, right? Is that I think <laughs> we went through that whole like colorblind mm-hmm. movement, right? Yeah. Um, and we're entering this kind of movement now where I think people want to talk about race. People are open to talking about Mm -hmm. race. It's out in the open more for us to challenge Mm -hmm. and white people have never had to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's very uncomfortable, right? It brings up feelings of whatever for them, anger, shame, guilt, whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that next episode. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think like ultimately, it's not about us, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, and the work's not done until the people who are at the center of the work say it's done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just think when we think about caucus work mm-hmm. and how it can be helpful, right, in allowing um, like a black caucus to kind of process some of those things that are happening, the work looks very different. Like what would be um, I know we we pulled up. um some information about Mm -hmm. like what black caucuses would actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought like, it was interesting just looking at like some of the topics that they would kind of discuss. Mm -hmm. So, and and you alluded to it before, like when you were talking about just dealing with oppression, Mm -hmm. right? Like being around people that you know, understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, get it and being able to like process and talk about Mm -hmm. those things. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that was such a challenge at work, right? Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason I left. Mm -hmm is that you come into, there's multiple levels to it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We're in Florida for starters. So there's that layer of conservativeness and maybe it's an assumption for most people, but when I work in a, a white high end mm-hmm. location, it's, it's pretty predominant, right? So you walk in a space where people don't look like you, you, you understand that most of their values don't align with yours. Um, news is playing mm-hmm. on the TVs, right? People are commenting on things that are happening. They're clearly showing their support for, you know, Donald Trump or Kyle Rittenhouse or whatever the case Ugh. may be. Yeah. And it's just like all of these messages are telling me that I don't belong in this space, mm-hmm. right? So if work is the place that we spend a majority of our time at, yeah. and typically people, the the last remaining reason that people stay at jobs is because of their relationships with people. Right. Right. And all of that has been degraded. Right. What do you have left? You right. know what I mean? Like then your mental health starts to suffer, which it did. Mm-hmm. I don't have people that I can connect with. Mm-hmm. I, I can't re-energize myself throughout the day and experience happens. And I go talk to somebody about it maybe. And I'm told you're overreacting mm-hmm. or I didn't really may, they didn't mean it like that. Right. I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm pretty reasonable. Yeah. So like it's, it's tough. So we talk about, you know, inclusion, mm-hmm. the conversations that are held in um, spaces, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's yeah. Important. One, some yeah, of the things that they were them. listening, like microaggressions, mm-hmm. exactly what you're just yep. saying. Um, tokenism. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Interracial relationships, um, horizontal oppression. So that's um, people of color navigating anti-black racism, mm-hmm. anti in 
indigeneity. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> directed at Native Indigenous communities um, and competing or fighting with other people of color for attention, recognition, or resources. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's something I had never thought of yeah. as a white person yeah. <laughs> before. Um, and colorism, mm-hmm. which we talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just thought like for white people, trying when we try to understand, right? When we try to take our whiteness out of it is one of the things we've talked about before is like your lived experience is not the only experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this work, if we're going to decenter whiteness, does have to be conscious, yes. I think, for white people. Extremely it needs to be conscious. It needs to be intentional. You need to take yourself out of it and understand why there need to be these spaces. Mm-hmm. What might be conversations that are ha- occurring that you don't need to be a part of, that you don't, you need to have your own work you need yeah. to go do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that next. But like, if we're talking about not being harmful, we're talking about being supportive and we're talking about doing this work, then that becomes, and as a society too, I think, right? Allowing people to have their authentic experiences for what aligns with their identity and what makes them feel safe. And then also recognizing that if we're all doing this work on ourselves, that eventually the hope is that we'll all be able to come together and interact in meaningful, Mm -hmm. authentic ways. But that can't happen until communities can trust each other, mm-hmm. right? I think as white people, we have the onus on us yeah. to be trusted, to prove that we can be trusted. Um, you know, and I think like the caucus work was an interesting way of of doing that. Mm-hmm. Something that um we had never talked about before. Well yeah, I mean it's a lens we've never looked through. And really, you know, at work you see these affinity what is the difference between affinity and caucus groups? They're so I think the, the affinity group I think they're pretty much the, the same. same. The affinity groups you don't I think, and we'd have to look into yeah. this more. Affinity groups can just be like interest groups or identity groups, okay. and you don't need to have necessarily that like other caucus and then come together with, with accountability. Okay. I think it's less formalized. Like you Got can it. just have an affinity group at work for anything, mm-hmm. like an employment group for anything. Okay. But race-based caucus work is okay. a little bit seemingly, okay. yeah. from what we've read, a more formalized process mm-hmm. than just an affinity group, but can be the same, right? Yeah. When you think about groups of people getting, like people getting together, yeah. Um, and sharing that experience together. Mm-hmm. So I guess from that perspective, yeah. like it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we have, let me just time check, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we, we have women's groups at yeah. work. We have, you know, we have these other groups at work, but when it comes to race, mm-hmm. people feel threatened, yeah. you know? And so I think it's important to really take a hard look at that mm-hmm. and to start exploring that mm-hmm. as to why. Um, and, and this transcends work as well. You know, I've, I've shared the story previously about, um, an old friend of mine who, you know, there have been multiple experiences I'd had with her where I'm like kind of questioning, like, uh, are you, mm-hmm. and you know, there was a day where she was like, I just don't understand why white people can't have groups for themselves, but black people can. Like, that just seems like reverse racism. Mm. And, you know, you kind of take a deep breath, right? right? Cause you're in a space right. with other white people and mm-hmm. they, no one is else is speaking up. Right. I'm like, okay, all here right, I go. here I go. I guess I have to do the work, you know, right. or I can get up and walk out. Mm-hmm. But you know, this idea of like, again, we need safe spaces. We need places where people can understand mm-hmm. and you clearly also need to do your own work. Right. And I think it really just relates back to everything that we talked about today and the need for caucus groups, because it is rooted in, you know, trauma and us having safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's in the workplace, you know, caucus groups are formal, but also just informal groups of coming together mm-hmm. with similar racial backgrounds of people to talk about this work and to move forward, I right. think is really important. Yeah. With people who 
you know, are willing to have these conversations mm-hmm. and like whether they're just the informal living room conversations, mm-hmm. like a couple of seasons ago we referenced and we talked about, or in your organization, they're doing caucus work, mm-hmm. um, you know, or it's something you want to go to your place of employment and say, hey, you know, could we look into this? Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere they're doing, you know, diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion work now. And it looks very surface level, yeah. a lot of places, right? Um, so this would be something to look into. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth, um, we'll post more resources about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the next episode, you know, we're definitely going to dive more into, although we're trying, we're decentering whiteness and talking about the importance of doing that, right? Um, but a, a lot of our listeners out there, like, yeah. y'all are white people. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to speak to you too, in terms of what kind of um, learning you can do about your own identities. Um, and the work that needs to be done for you to truly be engage in allyship mm-hmm. um, and really meaningfully well, yeah. like do anti-racism yeah. work, which then leads to creating inclusive and safe spaces for everyone. Right. You the know? end result is, this, yeah. is we're all going to the same place. It's just like, how do we get there? Yeah. And it's going to look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like always like an all or nothing. Oh, well, you know, we got rid of segregation. Now we're all separate. It's like, no, we can all still yeah. have our own authentic experiences mm-hmm. and still know how to interact yeah. in a respectful, safe way mm-hmm. with one another. Like, yeah. why can we not have both these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when people like let their egos down and start doing some of that internal work, that's where it will happen. Mm-hmm. So, sure. um, so yeah. So, so thanks for joining us yes. today. Um, like Noel said, the next couple episodes will be based on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us in two weeks yep. um, for our next episode. We look forward to seeing you then. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Show the Unpack Project some love and be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram at the underscore Unpack Project. And if you enjoyed today's episode, visit our website at theunpackedproject.com where you can make a donation that supports the research, production, and operating costs of this work. Shout out to all of our listeners who unpacked with us today. See you next week. Peace. <laughs>